Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Let us pray. Father, most grateful to be here this afternoon. Lord, we thank you for making way for us, opening a door for us to be here. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit, that great teacher, to minister to us this afternoon in the name of Jesus. Lord, give us understanding. Draw us closer to you. Open the eyes of our understanding. Lord, may our eyes be open. May our ears be open to hear your word in the name of Jesus. And as we hear the word, let the power of God come upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated and turn with me to first, not Proverbs. We are not reading Proverbs, but first Timothy chapter four and verse six, our scripture, foundational scripture on our message on godliness. Today, by the grace of God, we can conclude on this message on godliness. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 6. It says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. Verse 10 says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. This has been our foundational scripture. And the Bible says, godliness is profitable unto all things. It is profitable to be a godly person. It says, bodily exercise, the things that we do to our body, the things that we put on to the body to make the body look well or good, it gives us certain benefits, but it is of a limited benefit. However, when we exercise ourselves rather unto godliness, unto godliness, that means we do things to attain godliness. We do things to make us godly. He says when we exercise ourselves, when we do things to attain godliness, it gives us profit unto all things. 
It benefits us in every area of our lives. And you ought to believe it. So it says godliness is profitable unto all things. And it has promise of the life that now is. It will benefit you now. It will benefit you tomorrow. It will benefit you in the future. Godliness will benefit you. And not only in this life, but the life that is to come. Also. Amen. So, verse 9 says, This is a faithful saying. And worthy of all acceptation. Even if you don't accept, if you don't believe it, accept it. Because it's worthy. Do you understand? You don't, you don't feel it. You don't feel like godliness. You feel like working hard and going to the gym and eating vegetables and drinking a lot of water is what will benefit you. Yes, it will benefit you. But the Bible is saying you may not understand more and more or much about godliness. But it's worthy of all acceptation to accept it. To, to welcome the fact that godliness is profitable unto all things. To welcome the fact that being godly is more important than exercising yourself in all other physical things. That is what the Bible is saying. And so the next verse, it says, For therefore, that means for this reason, we both labor and suffer reproach. That means if godliness will cause you to suffer reproach, Godliness will cause you for people to laugh at you. Godliness will cause embarrassment. Do you understand? You will be embarrassed because you are a godly person, because you are a prayerful person, because you speak in tongues. It is worth it. Do it. It means you will be, you'll be laughed at. You will be disrespected. For being godly, it is worth it. Sonia, do you understand? So the Bible says do it. Even when people are laughing at you. When people feel like you, you don't have sense. People feel like you are out of your mind. It's worth it. When you see your friends doing all kinds of things and then they ask you, why, why are you here? Why did you come? Why are they asking you to come and work for extra money and you are not going but you say you are going to church? When you go back to work and then people are asking you, how was your weekend? And then you say, oh, my weekend was wonderful. We went to, we drove three hours to Connecticut. Three hours for what? Oh, it's for a church meeting. We, our church, three hours. There's no church in the area where you could have done any, you see. And they feel that there's something wrong with you. Not only that, and afterwards, the next day, you came to church and you were in church all day. And they are talking about how we went here, we went to the beach, and from the beach, we came to the club, and we were, all oh, the guys were all over us. You know, the guys were following us all over the place, and this is worth it. The Bible says that, accept this, is worthy of all acceptation. Do you understand? Yeah. So we began to look at Someone that the Bible calls godly. Someone that the Bible calls godly. And we are learning from this person some of the things that he did that attain or he made him attain that description of a godly person. And so we are reading about Cornelius. 
we are learning about Cornelius, and we have been reading Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. And let us quickly look at this few of his description of how the Bible describes him. It says, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man. So, first we realize that Cornelius was an ordinary man. Cornelius was not a priest. Amen. Cornelius was a soldier. He was a worker. So, it means that you also, you can be godly. But, his being a worker and an ordinary man, the Bible says he was a devout man. Eusebius, this is a Greek word that from which we get devout. Someone who is godly, someone who is dedicated, committed to God. The Bible says he was devout, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Amen. Amen. So we look at this man and then we have gone through several of these things that he did. We said he is a devout person, number one. Number two, we said he fears God with all his house. A godly person fears God or serves God with all his house. He makes his house serve God. Amen. Amen. A godly husband does not leave his wife at home and come to church. Number three, we said he is a giver. He gave alms. The Bible says, and pray to God always, which gave much alms to the people. He gave alms. He is a giver. A godly person is someone who gives. He pays his tithe. He gives offerings. Money is not an issue for a godly person. May money not be an issue for you. Some of you, it's very difficult for you to give. But may the Lord release you from that difficulty. Amen. Money should never be an issue for you. If you want to serve God, money should not be an issue for you to let go of money. Don't fight over money. Don't dispute over money with people. Amen. Amen. Don't stop talking to someone because of money. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, he prays to God always. So a righteous person or a godly person is someone who prays to God always. He is a prayerful person. He is someone who is in communication with God all the time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we said, a godly person honors and receives the servant of God. Do you remember? We said that a godly person honors. He has respect for a man of God. He has respect for the servant of God. And he receives the servant of God. A godly person welcomes the servant of God to his home. A godly person is excited when the servant of God is coming to visit him or her. Amen. Amen. You see, the Bible says in Jeremiah 3 and verse 15, it says, and I, I is God. I will give you pastors according to mine heart. I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. 
God will give you pastors not according to your heart, not according to your choice, but he will give you pastors according to his heart. That means God will choose pastors for you. Amen. Amen. So it's not by accident that you are sitting here and you constantly come, or it's not by accident that even my preaching is attractive to you. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. And the people who honest, who receives the word of God, as it comes from the servant of God, God feeds you with knowledge and understanding through the servant that he gives you. Amen. Amen. Now you can receive all the knowledge. You can receive all the knowledge, all the information, but you may not have understanding. Do you understand? And some people are like that. They have received a lot of knowledge, but they have not changed because they don't have understanding. And the reason why they don't have understanding is that they have not received the man of God, the servant, the pastor that God has given to them. Do you understand? But when God gives you a pastor according to his heart, his intention is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. So every time you come here, you should not live without knowledge and understanding. Amen. 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 You realize that it's not any pastor. It's not any pastor. God didn't say, I'll give you pastors who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. He said, you particularly, I will give you pastor according to my heart. Pastor, according to my heart. So, according to God's heart, he'll give you a pastor. According to God's heart, he'll give you a pastor. And so, if you realize in the story about Cornelius, when God visited him, God specifically selected a pastor for him. Specific pastor. And gave him a clear direction to this person. Because this was the person who was going to feed him Cornelius particularly with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Amen. I mean, from the description, Cornelius was a devout man. That means he was a person who goes to the temple. He was a person who goes to church. He listened to preaching. But all this while, he was not saved. He had not received the knowledge and understanding that was going to lead us into his salvation. And when God visited him, he directed him particularly to a pastor. A particular pastor. Amen. May God give you a pastor according to his heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Number six, it says, a godly person pays attention to and have respect for dreams and visions. He pays attention to and have respect for dreams and vision. And number seven, we say a godly person understands the power in the hearing of the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So back to Acts chapter 10. We read in Acts chapter 10 that this Cornelius, he had a vision. An angel of God visited him. At the same time, an angel of God had visited Peter also in a vision. God has visited him at the same time as God was connecting this man to a pastor according to his heart. 
And he had visited him, particularly for Cornelius. And God said, Peter should go and see this Cornelius. Amen. Amen. Peter should go and see this Cornelius. So Peter gathered himself. And Peter, even as we read, we realize that he is also a person who receives vision and he has doubt. He is such an ordinary person. Do you understand? So the pastor that God will select for you may not be that extraordinary pastor that you would expect. May not preach like the kind of pastor that you would expect. May not speak in a way that you would expect. But in this pastor is the feeding of the knowledge and understanding that God has planned for you in particular. Amen. So Peter rose up and even as he's going, he's also, his mind was about, if I have a ministry, his mind was about a certain group of people. His mind was not about the Gentiles. He, he didn't think his ministry was about the Gentiles. And so God told him, don't doubt anything. Because I've selected you as a pastor according to my heart for this particular person. And so you ought to go. So he went. And when he went, Cornelius was also expecting that if God is sending a pastor, then the pastor might be someone that deserves worship. Then if God is sending a pastor, then the pastor must be some very special person. So when he met the pastor, the Bible says he went down flat before the man. He says, and they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God, and of good report among all the nations of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house, and to hear words of thee. Then called them in and lodged them. And on the morrow, Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. They are going. Peter now is going with other brethren. And the only reason they are going is that he's going to speak. That the man can hear. Not to be written in a letter. But he's going to speak that the man can hear. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius waited for them. He had called together his kinsmen. And everyone, he has called his family members, his neighbors. He says, his kinsmen and the near friends. Near friends are neighbors. He has called all of them. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. He worshipped him. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself also am a man. I am an ordinary man. I want you to pay attention to that. That you will see an ordinary man right in front of you. An ordinary man. He says, I also, Peter was not coming up to pose as, you know, I'm a super spiritual, somebody that the angel of God has visited me and have come. He says, get up, get up, brother. <laughs> get up. I am also an ordinary man. If I tell you my background, you will not believe So 
So he says, and as he walked, as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So he said, you yourself, you know that if it was just left to me alone, there's no way that I will come to you. Do you understand? And sometimes you will feel like that. Sometimes you feel like if it wasn't for Christ, we will not even have a relationship. Do you understand? If it wasn't for Christ, sometimes you will not even get to a certain position for someone to disrespect you. There are some people that they call pastors and they, they call pastors like they are calling their senior, I mean, some younger brother. They talk to pastors like they are talking to some, have no respect. But you see, you cannot, you, 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 you as a servant of God, you also see yourself just as an ordinary man. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You have to see yourself just as an ordinary man. Otherwise, you cannot even minister to these people. Some people, they lie to the pastor. They sit right in front of the pastor and they are lying. Gone are the days when you sit in front of a pastor and you lie, boom, you are dead. You see, you don't understand that as the pastor is sitting in the, in the seat as a pastor. You see, I may be talking to you, for instance, as a senior brother, as a husband, as a colleague at work. When I'm talking to people at work, they don't call me pastor. Auntie Nancy, they don't call me pastor. <laughs> Do you understand? They don't, they don't receive from me like that. When I'm talking to people at work, it's like we are colleagues. Do you understand? And even if I have done something that is not right, one has a right to scream at me. <laughs> they are screaming at the pastor. I say, you don't know. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That if I have done something that warrants war, uh, discipline, my boss probably will call me, God forbid, by the grace of God. I have not had that situation before. But we'll have a sit down. I need to talk to you. A pastor. <laughs> but when I sit in the seat as a pastor and you are sitting before me and you are lying, Peter pointed out, do you not know that you are lying to the Holy Spirit? Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that I take on that position. No man takes this position. No man take this position on his own. Except. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So when you are, when you, when you are with a pastor, honor the pastor as a pastor. Receive the pastor as a pastor. Amen. So the Bible says, Peter also acknowledged that he's an ordinary man. But he began to talk to them. And he said unto them, ye know how that it is an unlawful thing. It's unlawful. But I'm here. Because God has shown me. He says that, but God has showed me that I should not call any man come on or unclean. That is why I have time for any one of you. I have time for everyone. I have time for everyone. 
sometimes you call some weird hours. Listen, we all are busy. Do you understand? We all are busy. You sometimes, when I call you, you don't answer because you are busy. We also get busy. Do you understand? We also get busy. Sometimes I'm not able to return your call. Just like you. But the effort, that, it does not diminish the fact that your call is important. It does not diminish that fact. And I'll make way to hear you. I'll make way that we will have the opportunity to talk. Amen. So you also have to give that respect. You have to give that honor. Amen. So he said, therefore, came I unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. I ask, therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me? Why have you sent for me? I want to know this journey that we have taken. Why did you send for me? And Cornelius said, for four days, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. A righteous man, a godly person, fast also. Did you see Cornelius fast. Some of you, fasting is so much an issue. And said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine arms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Look, your prayers have been heard. Heavens have heard you. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon Etana by the seaside, who, when he cometh, Shall do what? Shall just speak unto you. God has directed him specifically to a certain man. To a certain man called Simon. Who lodges with another called Simon who is a tanner. But not that one. I'm not talking about Simon the tanner. I'm talking about this other Simon who is just lodging there. He doesn't own the place. He doesn't even have a place of his own. That is the person that I'm talking about. Send for him and bring him all the way here. And when he comes, he's just going to speak unto you. Immediately, therefore, I send for thee, and thou hast well done. Say, well done, pastor. When a pastor visits you, say, well done. done. Some of you, you don't want the pastor to visit you. One day, a pastor went to visit someone. He has made arrangement to come and visit the person. And he got there and he rang the bell. He rang the bell and then the lady went quickly to the room and told the little boy, go to the door and tell the pastor, mommy is not here. He said, it's the pastor. If you go and it's the pastor, tell him mommy is not here. So the little boy went to the door, opened the door, and lo and behold, it was the pastor. And the, the little boy said, Mommy said to tell you, Mommy is not here. <laughs> Are you the pastor? Okay, Mommy said to tell you that Mommy is not here. He, he just quoted the mother. Has he done anything wrong? Don't teach your children to lie. Amen. So the Bible says, Peter began, he says, immediately I sent for thee, and you also have done well to have come. Now therefore, are we all here 
Present before who? Present before who? Present before who? Present before God. To do what? To do what? To hear. All things that he had commanded you. Amen. So then, then Peter opened his mouth. If that is the reason why the gathering is here, then hear me. And then he opened his mouth. And he began to just speak. He began to just speak. And he began to just speak. He began to just speak. He says, he said, of a truth, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. He has started his preaching. God is not a respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. Anyone. That is why God can take anyone and make you a wonderful person. I see God lifting you up and setting you. He said, God has no respect. He's not a respecter of persons. Any one of you can be ministers. Anyone. He says, anyone, any nation, no matter where you come from, whether you are white or black, no matter who you are, you can come from the remotest village. He says, he, he worketh, he says, but in every nation, if the fear of God is in a person and worketh righteousness, he's accepted of God. So, the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. So Peter continued, he said, the word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And then he says, and we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hung on a tree. Are you listening? You see, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him also gave all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter, this is the message that Peter was preaching. He was just talking. And the Bible says, while Peter yet speak these things, while Peter was just speaking these things, while Peter was just talking. You see, it doesn't sound like any wonderful preaching. He was just talking. He was just narrating instances that they have had. How Jesus was anointed. How Jesus was baptized and was anointed of the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed. And God was with him. And we were with him. We ate with him. We did this with him. You know, and then he told us as he was going. After he died, he resurrected. Came to show himself and said we should go and just tell people also the things that we are. And the Bible says, while Peter yet spake these things, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which were in the neighborhood. The Holy Ghost fell on all them who were in the house. 
the Holy Ghost fell on all of them who were in front of the house. No. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Amen. Which heard the word. Hallelujah. So Peter preached a very simple message. Not complicated. Very simple message. A simple message from a simple man. And as he preached, the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. The power, the power, you see, the word has power. But the power of the word is of no effect except that you hear the word. If you don't hear the word, you see, that is why sometimes you go to the hospital and people are sick and they open the word and then they put by the bedside of the person who is sick, sometimes on a breathing machine, intubated and sedated and cannot hear anything. How many of you have seen something like that before? Yeah. If you have been in the hospital for a while, you would have seen, you have visited someone, you see a certain some, some, somewhat. 91 or 23 open by somebody's bedside it has no effect it does nothing it does not do anything don't waste your time and your bible opening the word like that the bible says while peter while peter so the power while peter spake while peter spoke these words so the power is in the hearing of the word. The power is not in the man. The power is not in the delivery of the word. The power is not in shouting. The power is in the hearing of the word. Not the people who were within the vicinity, but the people who heard the word of God. The Bible says the power of God fell upon them. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Hallelujah. That is why, you see, if you don't hear the word, nothing will happen to you. That is why it is important that anytime there's an opportunity to hear the word, add yourself to that opportunity. All the time. Amen. One day Jesus went to a place and he was prepared. Just as he has been to all other places and he was preaching, he went to a place, his own hometown, and the people were not prepared to hear him. They were not prepared to hear the word of God. And the Bible says that because of that, he could do no mighty works amongst them. There, there was no mighty works. The mighty works, it comes when you are prepared to hear the word. Amen. So Cornelius and his household, as they heard the word, the power of God came upon them. May the power of God come upon you as you hear the word. Amen. Every time you hear the word of God, a power of God comes upon you. Every time the word of God is preached, the power of God is released. Amen. By the hearing of the word, the power comes over you. Hallelujah. That is why in John 1, 1, you see, the reason why the power comes upon you, it says that in the beginning was the word. 
And the word was with God. And the word was God. So you see, whenever you welcome the word, whenever you are receiving the word, you are receiving God into your life. Amen. Amen. Whenever the word of God is preached, the, the Bible says that the word was God. God is the word. So whenever you receive the word, you are receiving God into your life. Amen. Amen. That is why anyone who receives the word, you see that the word has effect on your life. The word is able to change your life. That is why any marriage that subjects itself, if there's a couple going through any challenge, any difficulty, and they both subject their marriage, you allow the word of God to enter the marriage, you welcome God into the marriage. And the marriage, I have seen marriages, marriages that were on the cliff about to fall, being revived, turned around 360 degrees, and revived and become a blessing. Because whenever the word of God comes into your marriage, you welcome God into the marriage. Amen. Amen. It is the word of God that is able to transform lives. Because God himself comes into your life to change you. Amen. It's the word of God that makes a chronic alcoholic, someone who is a chronic, if you subject yourself to the word of God, you see yourself becoming sober and sober and sober. It gets to a point where alcohol, it tastes nasty in your mouth. The smell of alcohol makes you want to vomit. It is the word of God that is able to do that. It is the word of God that is able to make a murderer into a preacher. Amen. Amen. People go to prisons and they don't change. People go to prisons and they come out worse. They come out worse than... Prison cannot correct people. Prison cannot fix people's lives. But while they are in prison, while they are in prison, if they subject themselves to the word of God, even in prison, they come out preachers. I said they come out preachers. Yes. From prison, they come out preachers. A murderer went in, a murderer comes out a preacher. And sometimes, you see, people who don't understand these things, they cannot believe, they can't even accept it. They can't, they can't, they, they, they say it's not true. You are still a murderer. A thief is always a thief. They can't accept that you, a murderer, now you are a preacher. But you see, the word of God is able to do that. Because the word was God. Amen. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? If you faithfully, faithfully accept the word of God and you subject yourself to the word of God, many people's lives don't change because they don't receive the word of God. They don't receive the word of God. So you'll be sitting here going and coming, going and coming. Your life is not changed. Your life is not changed because you don't accept the word of God. But if you welcome the word of God and you have value for the word of God, you welcome God into your life. Amen. And it transforms you. Amen. The word of God can make a chronic drug addict become a preacher. Amen. Oh yes. The word of God is able to do that. Hallelujah. Amen. The life of a professional thief, a tax collector. When the word of God came into his life, he became a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. The word of God is able to do that. Hallelujah. No other thing can do that. There is nothing that can change a person. 
Nothing that can change a person. You are a, you are a young man that you are a womanizer. You think you have problem with women. Every woman that you see, your eyes are following. Every woman that you see, you have an urge, a force to sleep with a woman. When you welcome the word of God into your life, when you welcome, it is the word of God that makes a man able to stay with one woman all his life. All his life. It takes only the word of God. I'm telling you that it takes the word of God to be able to do that. So if you are a young woman and you are looking for a man to marry, or you are a young man and you are looking for a woman to marry, and you don't choose one who has value for the word of God, I can assure you, I can tell you with all certainty, with all certainty, I have worked with many unbelievers my few years of life that I have lived. The last how many years that I've been working. And if you are, they, they will be honest with you. They never are able to stay with one woman. Yes. But the word of God. The word of God is the only thing that makes one woman always become attractive to you. It's supernatural. It is supernatural. Amen. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. Amen. That for 50, 30, 40, 50 years, same woman. It's the word of God. <laughs> Even some of you women, you, are, you, are, you get surprised. And sometimes you doubt in your head. You doubt in your head. I say, am I the only one? Are you sure that I am the only one? Isn't that so? Tell me I am the only one. Don't you say that. You want that assurance because you don't think it's possible. But the word of God, the word of God, whenever you allow, it's God in your life. God comes into your life. Amen. Amen. Only the word of God can do that. John 6, 63. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. The word of God, when it comes, they are spirit and they are life. When the word of God is preached, there is a power, there's a spirit behind the word. That is why the word of God is able to change people. Because as you realize, it was no powerful, it doesn't sound like anything. You are just narrating what happened. But behind those simple words is the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. He says, the word that I speak, the word that I speak, the word that I speak, the word that I speak. So, what is the point in speaking when there are no hearers? So, the, the Spirit comes upon the hearers. Amen. He says, the words that I speak, they are spirits. And they are life. Receive life after the word of God is coming unto you. Amen. That is why we now, we are sending here now from our church to various centers in our neighborhoods. Ordinary men and women. Ordinary men and women. And they are coming with simple, ordinary word of God. 
And if you also will be faithful and just have that faith and say, I am coming to this center meeting because some simple person, some simple man, some simple woman is going to share a simple word of God. And I believe that as I subject myself faithfully to receive it, a power of God is coming over my life. Yes. That is why we are confident. We are confident. We are spiritual people. That is why we are confident in this. That is why now we have dissolved our weekday service. And we say that ordinary men and women now should go out to meet people, gather people in their homes. Just like Peter came to the house of Cornelius. Just like that. Bring your friends. Bring your neighbors. Gather them. And bring them together. Someone. Some simple person. Not any extraordinary person, but if you will receive such a person who is delivering such simple message, don't expect anything. Don't expect that the person, oh, this person doesn't preach like pastor. Oh, this person, he doesn't speak like this. Oh, this person, but a simple person, just sometimes the person will just carry the word and just read it to your hearing. But the Bible says, the Holy Ghost fell upon all them that heard. The word. Amen. That head away. Yeah. So I pray that from today, all of you receive this understanding and embrace our center meetings. Embrace the ordinary men and women that we are sending to come and share with you. They are chosen from amongst us. Amen. So now, I want to share with you two other things that happened with this man. The Bible says, if we go to verse 45, verse 45, uh, in um, Acts chapter 10, verse 45. We are almost done. Acts chapter 10 and verse 45. It says, and they of the circumcision, which did what? Which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then pray them him to tarry certain days. Hallelujah. So you realize that um, when the people believe, the next thing was they were baptized. They were baptized and they also were baptized with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. For a short time, I just want to explain to you about baptism. Amen. Amen. Now, some of us have not been baptized since we believed. Some of us have not been baptized. And the Bible says in Mark 16 and verse 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye unto all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth. And what? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
But he that believeth not shall be damned. Amen. So you see, it is important that after we have believed, that we also ought to be baptized. I wanted to share this last week before our Agabapto Fest, but we didn't have the opportunity. But it is important that after we have believed, that we also ought to be baptized. Baptism is very important in Christianity. Amen. Amen. Now, some of us claim to have been baptized as an infant. How many of you were baptized as an infant? I was baptized as an infant. I was baptized. I have a baptismal certificate. And there was a name given to me when I was baptized. Do you want to know my name? I'm not going to tell you. Come and see me. I'll tell you privately. Amen. Yes, I was baptized and I have a name on my baptismal certificate. It's there. That's the name. It also starts with, uh, anyway, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Amen. Yes, I was also baptized as an infant. But that is not scriptural. Amen. To be baptized as a child is not scriptural. Amen. And so if you are baptized as a child, it's not counted. What a shock. Pastor, what are you saying? Yes. If you are baptized as a child, it's not counted. That kind of baptism is not scriptural. And I'm going to give you just two reasons. The first reason I just read to you. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, verse 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized. So you ought to believe before you are baptized. Amen. Amen. There must be a believing. You cannot baptize without first believing. Are we reading the Bible? Yes. You see, let us not throw the Bible aside and begin to follow traditions and culture and assume that this is the word of God. The Bible says when you believe, then you will be baptized. A child that is 15 days old or 3 months old or 6 months old cannot believe. Amen. And so when you will sprinkle water on a child and say that he's baptized and he's given a name, I was also given a name, but that does not count. We don't, I don't have time to explain to you how all of these things came about. But maybe one day we will, I will explain that to you. But that is not baptism. Amen. You cannot be baptized without first believing. That's number one. Number two, to be baptized, the word itself means to immerse. To immerse. We don't immerse babies in water. Amen. Amen. So, to be baptized means immersion. Baptism, the word baptism is immersion, the complete immersion. And there ought to be an immersion because the old man is baptized or is immersed in the water and he comes out as a new man. This is a symbol. It's a symbol of the new man that has been created in Christ. Amen. Amen. It is not the creation of the new man, but it is a symbol. 
Hallelujah. Just like a ring is a symbol of what? Marriage. It's not the marriage itself. But it's a symbol of marriage. And so when you have the ring on your finger, others look away when they are coming close. A man of God said one day, he went to a place with his children and the children were playing. The children were very little and they were playing and then he's running with them and then they go here and then he carries this one on his shoulder and then he will play with them and then there was a woman that was also at the park with a child and watching. <laughs> and as the woman was watching, the woman was playing with the child and bringing the child closer and closer and closer. Because he thought that, the, she thought that the man of God, this is your, like your weekend, what do you call it? What do you call it? When you are single, you are separated, you are divorced, and then you have a session with the, child, with the children. Visitation. Okay, so that's your visitation. So now you have taken the children for your time. And so she, she, she came around and says, you look like a very good husband. Where's your wife? She says, why? He says, because you look like a very good husband. Where's your wife? She said, my wife is home. <laughs> so the ring delivered him. Because the attitude, the woman, you know how they can ask certain questions. Women, they have a way of. Do you understand? Because it's a way to ask for someone to say, where's your wife? Right? But, but where's your wife? You know? Ah, but are you married? You know, like that. Like, if you're not married, come. You know? But the man of God says, I'm married. And so he delivered. So if you are married, it's a symbol. That is why married men, let's see your ring. Married men. Yes. Show your ring that you are married. Amen. And anyone, where's the married woman? Where, where are your rings? Yes. So it's a symbol and not the thing itself. Are you with me? I'm explaining something very important. So baptism is a symbol of what has happened to you as a believer. Are you with me? And why is it important? I don't know. If you ask me as a pastor, I don't know. But one thing that I can show you is that you ought to be immersed one, it has to be, you have to believe. I want to read quickly Acts chapter 8 and verse 35. Acts chapter 8 and verse 35. It says, then Philip, you remember Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? The Bible says, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Philip preached to the Ethiopian eunuch. And as they went on, on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, there is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So you see, there ought to be enough water for a complete immersion. It's not water in the bottle that the eunuch was traveled with and say, Here is water. Sprinkle some on my head. There ought to be an immersion. That is why we are not able to baptize when you are born again right away. Because if this was our place, then maybe in this room here, we will create 
Not a shower. You create a pool. And then the day you are born again, we walk you here, immerse you, you are out, baptized. But we don't have that opportunity. So every now and then once in a year, we gather all our believers who have not been baptized and then we go to a place where there is water, where there is enough water, where there is a river or a lake and we baptize people. Hallelujah. So it is a symbol and the reason why we all ought to do it is in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 and verse, Matthew chapter 3, pardon me, verse 13. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Jesus to be baptized of John. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So it is to fulfill all righteousness. So everyone ought to be baptized. Amen. So if you are in this church and you are believed and you are not baptized, I will encourage you to be baptized. A righteous person, a godly person is one who has believed and is baptized. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. We will not have time to talk about the Holy Ghost baptism, but um, at another time, we are going to, our time is far spent. Today I was um, believing God that we will pray for everyone who has believed, who has been baptized, who does not speak in tongues. But we are going to do that another service by the grace of God. So if you are here and you don't speak in tongues, we are going to pray for you and you are going to speak in tongues. It says, whilst Peter speak, whilst Peter speak, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. The Holy Ghost fell upon them. The Holy Ghost fell upon them. By your heads, let the Spirit of God fall upon you right now. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Receive of the Holy Spirit. He says, while Peter yet speak, while Peter speak these words, while Peter yet speak these words, while Peter speak these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard him. Anyone that is here, Father, let your spirit fall upon them. Let the Spirit of God fall upon you in the name of Jesus. Let the Spirit of God fall upon you. Why don't you all stand to your feet? Let anyone here, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to receive Jesus as your master and your savior. You want to receive Jesus Christ into your life. You want to be born again like Cornelius. You want to say, I believe I receive Jesus as my savior. If that is your prayer, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you wherever you are. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. Is there anyone here like that? You want to receive Jesus as your savior. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Wonderful. Father, we are grateful and thankful. Join me as we say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned. I am not worthy. But this afternoon, I come before you 
with a heart of repentance. I repent from my sins. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. This afternoon, I accept you into my heart as my Savior, as my Master, as my Lord. Come into my life. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Brent Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.